Kristen whispers sonnets. <laughs> it's Kristen Garth, and I'm in my bed, and it's late at night, so we're ready to whisper and listen to some secrets and sonnets and knee socks. <laughs> Another thing I like. <laughs> but today, I'm going to be reading to you um, some sonnets from a particular book that I wrote called um, glitter and guillotines and <laughs> that kind of sums up my personality a little bit for those of you who don't know me because I have I'm a very complex person <laughs> and I like things like true crime and scary horror movies and um, being just being frightened and being um, fun and dangerous but I'm also very glittery and girly and um, ladylike <laughs> at times, and I am like a kind of girl who always wears dresses or sundresses or skirts or things like that, um, so I have, um, <laughs> a lot of complexity, I guess you would say, just like being a woman child. I'm a little bit girly, childish, and a little bit womanly, too, and I like all those things about me, so, I hope um, I can share as this show goes on, you'll learn more and also I'll find out things about you guys because I hope you will, um, if you are listening to this show and you have things you want to tell me, you can always DM me on um, Twitter at Lola and Jolie and you can ask questions and maybe I'll, I'll shout you out and um, give an answer on the next show. Or um, if you have a poem that you want me to read, you can always request it, and I'd be happy to do that because I'm doing this because I like to do it, but I hope that it helps people relax at night because that's so important, especially right now in the way that the world is so scary and um, we need our comforts. And to me, it's a comfort. I was, um, before this radio show started, I was doing um, performance anxiety, my um poetry reading group every week and it was a really good outlet for me because I'm kind of a shut-in person I'm reclusive and I don't have a lot of um socializing with other people even when um the world was normal but now I have even less and I was really enjoying that outlet of meeting with others and listening to their poetry and getting a chance to read every week so it was just so um, it was kismet, you know, when I was asked to do this show because I wanted so much um, to do this, you know, it, it, it was so important to me um, to be able to um, share um, what I do and what I love and my writing and get to know people and um, I'm always looking for ways to express that. So thank you guys for coming on this journey. And I'm going to read um, tonight a whole little book to you because it's only four sonnets long. It's my, it's my tiniest book. And it was made as a little giveaway by Hedgehog Poetry to my full-length candy cigarette woman child noir. 
And um, I usually send it out with people when they order another book and they, I know they don't have it because it's only four poems, but it packs a real punch. So if I do say so myself. <laughs> so I'm going to start and read. The first one that I wrote is kind of a funny little um, poem about breakups as a woman child and incorporating the language that I like as a forever schoolgirl into like the romantic world. And this is School Supplies for Erasing Guys. Erase disgrace, rubber, ice cream cone, pink heart coupled, names reduced to one alone. Initial stickered, disappearing ink. Latest deceiver, gone while you blinked. Grown-up addiction, school supplies. Decorates another, crushes, guys. Sometimes females, though never had to cut them out. Mutate a memory with scissors, pout. Details you cannot bear to see again. Their heads dissected, scalloped edge, from photographs of those who leave you on a ledge. You wed, divorced in diaries, colored pencil wrath. Schoolgirlish ceremonies, grieving guys, require scented markers, new school supplies. <laughs> And I love that poem because it is so me on so many levels because I am that personality that I, um, you know, I fall in love with everything that I do. Um, writing, people that I work with, I, I have, you know, I just put my whole heart into things. And so I get heartbroken a lot too. And it's, um, and, you know, in different ways. And, you know, friendships and all kinds of things. So it's sometimes nice to just acknowledge that about yourself and know that you're a little childish like that and tender-hearted. And it's okay, you know, we're all, it's okay, it's human to be tender-hearted. And I also really love, um, really love school supplies. I have like a fetish about going to see, um, school supplies when they come out for the new year. Um, it just excites me. I love markers, stickers, any kind of you know, pencil pouch, anything like that. And I have no reason. I'm not in school. I haven't been in school in a very long time, but I'm a writer and I love stationery, anything like that. And so it just excites me. So to put those loves together in poetry that's what I love to do is to combine things that I love in my aesthetic and put them together. And that's everyone should do, you know, your writing should, you know, really reflect things that you love. And you might think, oh, well, um, you know, that's too personal. It's not relatable or whatever. But as I said before, I think to me, that's incorrect. I think the more specific and personal you are, the more honest and relatable you are, even if people don't didn't live that detail or that I don't have that same interest they relate to that love that pure love they hear and so anyway some unsolicited writing advice but I'm going to read another sonnet from this and this one's a little sexy and it's called blacktop you say blacktop midnight 
wear what we like. Fishnets, converse, the script rehearsed. Her name is Baby Doll. Flashlight, pink bike, a slight panhandle draw. A tunnel chase, old game you craved. Grade school reunion, turned, ribald, depraved. Plaid ribbons, plaits, and grown-up hair. No chaperones or underwear. Recall details two decades old, remixed. Brisk air, concrete, curved, cold. Black diamond rip, you slip inside. Ungravel, she is sanctified. Transported to you, young again. To lips who whisper playgrounds to sullied minds. She seeks vanquishment, though she will run and hide. She draws a map for you upon blue lines. And that poem to me, um, I kind of wrote it in an imaginary way because I didn't go to like my high school um, reunion or anything like that. I, I thought about going, but I didn't go. And, but I was imagining, this is kind of a made up one, um, people doing that and going and meeting their old, you know, love from high school and kind of role playing on the playground, those intimate first moments um, that I experienced when they were, you know, younger and all the little details of that that you kind of fetishize and remember about a person from your youth, even you know, many, many, many years longer and you always, even if you see them and they look much older, you remember the younger person, you know, that's the impression, you know, you fell in love with that younger person and I just imagined out in the darkness and experiencing that and closing your eyes and just feeling like you were back in your first love again. And so it was a fun exercise. Plus, um, in, in my new book, The Meadow, I talk a lot about role play because I like role play a lot. And that is definitely a poem. Blacktop is not in The Meadow, but there's a lot of other poems like that that are about things I like to role play. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just like to show parts of myself like that when I'm, I'm writing and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so I'm going to read another one. And it is called Rosemancy. And this is one of my favorite poems I've ever written. It actually is from a book that I wrote called Flutter that's intensely personal to me because it's um, inspired by my geography. It's written about my hometown, but not, not in the current times, back in 1883. And it's about a girl who um, survives a yellow fever, which was very prevalent in Pensacola, where I live, but she then goes on to perish of scarlet fever. And I'm not really giving you a um, spoiler <laughs> because it's, I think, you know, I, I've talked about it many times, but this is, it is a book where I kill off my main character and it doesn't, in the book because she creates a whole world in her imagination and the second half of the book follows the um, rest of the characters the universe she created 
all the way through their experiences and you get to see um, a lot of drama that a girl who didn't you know ever go any place she was confined to her home because of her illness she was um, just not able to um, you know be a part of the world but she made her own world and in a lot of ways obviously I relate to this girl because although I don't I just recently found out I do have uh, a little medical thing going on that I didn't know but it was not it's nothing like uh, a huge illness the way that you know she had scarlet fever but the whole world right now is going through um, a little bit of Sylvia Dandridge's that's my main character um, experience of being um, beholden to a virus, you know, and um, anyway, <laughs> I it kind of makes me emotional. Actually, it's it's just really. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna read this poem, Rose Nancy, and this is a poem that she wrote about a a, a boy that she invents who to be a lover, and. Um, <laughs> it, it's very teenage girl but um it's totally that urgency of love that you feel as a teenager and kind of goes with blacktop in that way even though these poems are like really like a hundred years apart in actuality of when they're written but I mean not when they're written obviously I'm not a hundred years old but in the time periods so Rosemansy is set back in 1883 but here we go Rose Mancy, did he believe you were a bloom? Not rashed, abashed, adolescent, doomed, entombed upstairs, crimson cheeked, viewed through cylinder glass, pistol pink, peaked pointillism amuck by candlelight, to pluck or pollinate demonic birthright did he see buried thorns subcutaneous to liberate like horns erupting furious bleeds the season mortality recedes did he see himself in you his powdered lip a golden hue amaretto eyelids half closed Pollen undertaste of tulip, tuberose, swallowed demonology, a bedroom above adult gossiping, a better medicine is blossoming. <laughs> so I just love like the world of the adolescent versus adult. Um, and, you know, I feel like I live in both of those worlds, though I don't you know, just in myself because of that teenage girl and he is still alive very much and I, I let I give her a lot of free reign. So it was very enjoyable to write a teenage character and just give myself over to that. And I really it was I hated when that book ended. And right now I'm writing another book kind of that was a poetic hybrid experimental kind of novel novella and I'm writing one that's a novel right now called Crow Carriage but I'll read you guys some more maybe next week I'll read some Crow Carriage see when I say that now I'm committed to doing it because you know I made that promise 
that I do things I say. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one more tonight. So get under your covers, everybody. Because this is the last poem. The ladies are waiting near guillotines, acclaimed headsmen of means, duplicitous gleams eyeing you, their thighs secretly tattooed, surnames, killers, kings, state-sanctioned blowjobs, beheadings. So why not princess, even you? One bed, one head, misstep or two, detected, collected, stored, fine white and uncorked with lords, midnight, rust red aroma, royal deficiencies poured, some stone-floored cellar behind arched oak doors. A happy ending may require cunning, a crown to topple, rolling heads on floors, ideally yours. Best sacrifice is queen. Appeasement is the strategy you take. They're carnivores and you serve them cake. I love that poem. I wrote it when I was in a really um, just kind of a angry mood, really, honestly, because I had found out about some just like jealousy, competition type things, you know, and that anybody, you know, you experience in life where people maybe don't understand how hard you work for something and they're just spiteful. And I hate that energy. <laughs> like, I don't, I, the, it really, it bothers me because I think it's the opposite of creation and art. And that's all I'm about is I get up every day and I like work hard and I make art and it's so important to me and I respect any person that does that. And, you know, for a long time, um, you know, you have to learn, I think, in this world of writing and artists, to surround yourself with people that are about that and to kind of let the toxic energies slide away. Because if you don't, you get distracted from your work. I mean, it's that simple. And so when I really get bothered by something, though, I, I will express it in my writing. And so that was a poem I wrote to just kind of get out some of that feeling of being like targeted like that um, in a toxic way. And it felt good, you know. And I think that's the best thing to me about writing is I feel compelled to put things on paper and get them literally out of my body and that energy away. And I challenge everybody, you know, when you're doing, you know, if you have something that's bothering you, even if you never publish it, put it on paper and get it out of your body. Get it out, that physical dark energy away from you. And right now, pull those covers up tight and cuddle in your bed and um, I'm gonna get in my bed because it's getting late and we all should get a good rest and I'm gonna be back next week to read you some more sonnets at night because I really love this and um, please let me know if you're enjoying the show and like I said if you have any requests or if you want to ask me a question that I can answer on air I may do that but thank you so much 
and I want you to have a very, very good sleep, and good night, everybody. Thank you for being a good listener to Kristen Whispers Sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat.